Okay, I just wanted to let you know before we start this episode really quick that this is actually re-upload because the first time we did this episode, there was a lot of rumbling because we're holding the mics and I didn't realize how much actually got picked up from us moving our hands on the mics. So if we, the point is, is if we sound robotic, it's because I had to run it through an enhanced speech software in order to remove that because I could not figure out another way. So we're not robots, but sometimes you might have a little bit of robotic sounding voices. That's the reason. Okay, let's get into it. Even if people think that they know something, you can actually there's no way for you to be able to tell that that wasn't implanted like for example you could say that you know some people like they know that the past happened but how do you know that you didn't just come into one of these bodies you didn't come into your body today this body for the first time let me say that again i don't want to get it confused you know what you could have just come into this body the one that you're seeing through sensing through right now with all the memories of the past being implanted in the body already, or somehow you got those, and it could have not even been you. We, we can't even say that for sure. And I think when we have a lot of God, people that claim God realization, the problem can then be when um, they say that they know that it is this way, because what if that was all just implanted within them during a cosmic trip, and that it's actually nothing like, even though they received the information, they saw it, what if they saw a different universe? You know what I'm saying? What if they saw 868 and were in like 1,625,000? You know what I'm saying? So to come to the conclusion that everything works this way based on if it's a God realization or just a knowingness that we think we have, I think it's very difficult to actually say for sure. And that's why I was going to end it with. I think I realized that I actually know nothing. That's that's the only thing that I truly do know. So you're about to see the podcast that we did uh, with, you can see right here, Bruno and Marco. But I wanted to announce, and we all wanted to announce here at the beginning, that we are going to be holding, because we got together, we did this podcast, we realized how well we connected and how we could actually do something that could change the world or really help the world to see you know, a more expanded view of consciousness. And we wanted to do that in kind of a more official way. So we decided to announce right here that we're going to be doing a conference in Sedona, all three of us together, towards the end of the year, probably in the October-ish region. So right now, we don't have it officially set up because we're still in the works of getting the venues down and everything. But we wanted to say that you can check out the description right now for... Uh, the wait list so you can kind of i can get a hold of you when we have the official announcement of it coming out but i just want to let you know that that's going to be happening here at the beginning so we all got different things that we're going to talk about but Bruno, what do you think you're going to talk about doing all right so in my lecture i think i'm going to talk about just trying to understand reality through different perspectives whether it be science philosophy mysticism and trying to see how they all connect just to see a bigger picture and yeah just a bigger understanding through all these different perspectives Marco, uh, what are you going to talk about in your lecture? <laughs> well, while I'm here today, like seriously, meeting you guys inspired me and helped me find my spark and my motivation to like really continue to wake up the collective consciousness. So my lecture is going to be based off of how to connect to the universe, how to receive etheric downloads, meditation, psychedelics, revelational thoughts, you name it. I'm going to address it. It was great meeting you guys. I can't wait for this podcast to drop because, yo, it really felt like we were in one of those conversations where you just got lost in time. And I think people are going to really see that and feel the energy that we bring. 
All right, so the conference will be two days long. The first day of the conference is going to be each one of our talks, followed by a couple-hour Q&A, so you can ask us any questions that you'd like, as well as a visual audio experience of each one of our talks. And then the second day is going to be an outdoor experience where we go on a hike and we go to some of the sacred sites in the area of Sedona and just explore with you, chat with you, and talk about some of the powerful stuff that are in the area, which is why we're specifically doing it in Sedona. All right, so if you ever wanted to meet me or any of us in person, this is going to be the time to do that and to chat with us. And so that'll be late October, early November, two-day conference. There's going to be a virtual portion as well as a in-person. So the in-person, I'm sure, will sell out. So get on that wait list. That way you are notified and you can get your ticket to see us live. Otherwise, this is going to be part one of the podcast that we did together because the total podcast that we filmed while we were together was actually four and a half hours long. So I split it into two parts. So what you're about to see is the first two hours of the indoor portion. And we'll release in a little bit the second half of that where we're outside smoking cigars and just having a good time. All right. So here we go. First half, part one. And also we got James in here because James happened to be in the same Airbnb and he seemed really legit. So I said, just come on the episode. Let's just let's just have some fun and talk. So here we go. Universe of Game, episode 69. So we got in the background, we got... um our boy James in the background just chilling. He's here. He was hanging out with us. He got in this Airbnb. We're in this Airbnb because we're here at the Russell Museum. We all came together. I invited y'all out to come with me to try out something new. None of us have ever done anything like this. So we were here kind of seeing what's it all going to be about. And I'm just glad I even got to spend time with you guys. Like, shout out to both of you and you. Like, this was a really cool experience. Yeah, I think we needed to get together and do all this. Yeah. It's great. I mean, we're on day. We've been we've been hanging now. We actually recorded a whole podcast for an hour, and it wasn't recording. But I'm looking at the recording function, and we're actually recording this time. And we've got backups on just in case. So shit's looking good, man. So I'm excited to be here with y'all and um, and talk about things. But you know, there's so many different tracks. We could just go off the rim. There is. There definitely is. You know, one thing, we did the first podcast, and I just actually really liked it at the beginning because I took it straight to you, and I was like, idealism, panpsychism. So, dude, if you don't mind, just run us run us through the thought process of panpsychism and kind of the philosophical, your understanding of the nature of reality. Okay, I think I'll do the panpsychism and idealism first because they're... Sure. It connects because there are basically different theories that describe reality according to the mind and yeah. how, how it relates to the fundamental nature of reality. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what they are. Different positions that explain how the mind connects to not only humans, but like objects and reality itself as a whole. So panpsychism, if you divide the two words, pan is means basically everything. Psyche means mind. So it's kind of logical. It means mind is i know pan means everywhere so mind is everywhere and panpsychism is basically the idea that mind is a fundamental feature of reality or consciousness is a fundamental feature of reality it doesn't necessarily say that everything is mind or everything is consciousness like other ideas say like idealism basically says that if you think of it in the analogy that we're in the mind of someone or if you're in your dream where you see that everything is just forms that your consciousness takes but mm-hmm. in panpsychism basically is the idea that mind is a fundamental feature of reality but it's just another thing in the universe at just the fundamental level which is why i don't really like it because i personally 
uh, like the position of idealism, which is when literally everything is mine. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I like to think of it in the analogy that we're literally in a dream and mm-hmm. the creator or the source's dream, because right now what we're experiencing is consciousness from one specific point of view, one subjective perspective. But at the same time, if you have the theory that everything is made of mind, like this chair or this table, us, our bodies, ourselves, the universe and reality around us, in a dream, when you're in a dream, you're experiencing reality from a specific point of view in that dream. And simultaneously, another part of your consciousness that you're unaware of is imagining the dream characters and the reality around you while at the same time localizing itself or a portion of itself in a specific character to experience that dream from that perspective. So like maybe a greater consciousness right now is imagining all of this while at the same time localizing a portion of itself in your perspective, your individual point of view, my individual point of view, your individual point of view, and his individual point of view. And it's just like, but then you have to ask, like, for what reason, I guess. But I guess yeah. this is all going off on, like, a tangent on idealism, mm-hmm. which is basically that everything is mind. So we're all in mind, and yeah. just matter is mind, and panpsychism is something else. But I like idealism more. Nice. And I just wanted to apologize to you, because you're sitting in the middle, so you got to... <laughs> you got to around the whole time, so it's going to be the hardest to get your audio right nice and good yeah. we're trying to find a hard a good spot for for you because i remember the first podcast it was down here now you're up here that happy medium like, point like right here i i'm lucky because i have this little armrest right here where i can just kind of chillax right hey, here you know shit hey look i get you get you a pillow get cold yeah you're chilling bro there you go there it is hello <laughs> play let's go <laughs> but yeah i mean that's a really interesting concept to think about you know is is everything mind is or is mind an aspect it is consciousness you know it could go either way yeah what do you think personally Mm, that's a good question man it could really go in many ways i kind of like the way that the kabbalion there are things i do like and don't like but a lot of different philosophies i try to take things not take as an actually take but try to pull from different areas because I think it's nice. I don't know about you guys. So you, you guys make a shit ton of videos too. So maybe you understand this. Like just trying to balance what is my perspective actually versus I'm going to pull from this and then say that and trying to find like an original thought sometimes. I kind of struggle with that. But I think because I'm thinking to myself, hey, are people going to relate if I say Kabbalion versus just what I say? You know, do you guys struggle with that? I'm going to answer it, but I'm just curious. I don't know, like, I feel like sometimes I always have to find a something to relate it to, to make it believable. Like, I can't just pull something, like, out of thin air and then people are like, well, where'd you get that from? Like, what, what are your sources? Everybody wants to know. You see on TikTok all the time, sources, trust me, bro. Like, okay, like, I hear you, but it's like when you pull sources, then people you run into that territory where people want to nitpick this source. Like, well, according to them, they were wrong. You know, it's just like, I'm, let me just get this thought out my head. Cause it's here. I got it from somewhere. And you see, we, we both all struggle from source, like quoting the law of one, you know, it's kind of, Bruno and I were talking last night about how 
what if at the end of the day, they're all pulling from the same source? Like they're just reflipping it. Like this Russell experience when they're talking about the octave, like what if someone, like it's like you, like our content, like I'll put something out first, Bruno put something out, then you put something out. It's kind of quoting the same thing. But what if like Russell read the law one at one point and then he's like pulling similarities from there and just reflipped it on his head. I mean, that would be cool, but law one was way after the old Russell guy who was around. He was 20s, you know, it, like he's been around and I think law one came on the 80s. Was he still alive in the 80s? Oh, well, he couldn't read it then. Yeah. No, no, no. Russell died. Uh, Leo, Walter Russell is who we're talking about. Yeah, Leo died in the 80s. Russell died 25 years. Yeah, yeah. He died earlier. But what I'm saying is, like, we just flip the timelines. Like, let's just say. But anyways, your point's still there. Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's actually factual. Right. right. Yeah, I get it. And that's why sometimes I'm like, oh, this, there's this, there's this. And I think it, it can be helpful to relate, but I still sometimes just kind of want to formulate it myself. So I guess I'll kind of draw from the Kabbalion and, and um, the the first principle, universal principle, which is uh, everything is mind. Everything is mind. Yeah. Um, just uh, you could say everything is a concept um, that we know of besides the present moment. So everything that we experience is anything besides uh, we could say pure awareness, which is just, uh, it, we don't even have to be aware that we're aware. So I think existence could actually be that because being aware that you're aware is actually still another stepping stone that I don't think you need. Like I think that everything, in, in my kind of worldview, everything has awareness, but we just don't understand or can't comprehend how, what awareness would be. And I think it can be as simple as it's just uh, existing and pre the present moment. And so if everything can experience the present moment, but not everything can understand it, I think there can be a difference between the self-awareness that we might be, or humans, that's more what I mean, can be able to generate that. Yeah, I think there's a, the one thing I would say, like, there's a crucial difference, I think, when you say, like, something has awareness is more like the panpsychism point of view, like, something has consciousness rather than it is consciousness, just in a specific form, appearing as it is right here, like, right now. Like in a dream, everything literally is in one mind, but it appears like an object or like an entity with had, which appears to have awareness when it's really just mind itself, localizing itself as like something. Like if you think about it, I guess in the best way, like in a matrix or like a video game, everything is the underlying code, but at the surface level, it appears like characters, like cars, like a road. And it's like, but underlying it all, there's just one thing. And it's mind or consciousness itself. And it's just having different experiences through forms like you and me. Which I think like kind of has that whole idea that if everything from the law of one perspective is God's evolution or the evolution for consciousness, it makes sense that everything would be a form of consciousness because it's a different form that that one consciousness takes to like experience itself through all that is. Right. One of my lessons was being aware that I am aware, but that was like the very beginning stage of the lesson. But the overall arcing theme of it was be present and being in the moment. And Nick, I want to talk about this before we get too deep into this, because you mentioned Matrix. And I just want to say Nick breaking away from the Matrix, starting this podcast is something that has truthfully inspired me. Like I'm, I'm the student from you now. 
because honestly, bro, like you, bro, I'm, I'm in this new transition in my life, this new journey where I've been in the fire department for so long and I've like internally feel as if this is not me anymore and I need to step away. Like I was studying for lieutenant for the longest and I separate, I wasn't present with my family, my friends, because I was so focused on studying for this particular exam, this promotional exam, that's literally saying, oh, you're gonna be stuck in this matrix for another 20 plus years. You're gonna become that then Agent Smith. I felt like Neo who had to break away from this matrix, that desk job. And you are, you literally have the blueprint which I have to ask you, like, what inspired you? Like, when you were like, you know what? I'm done. This is the last straw. Like, I'm done with the nine to five. I'm going to create my own path doing, the, doing what I love doing. Because that's where I'm going to transition to starting this year. Yeah. And I'm learning from you. All right. If you're enjoying today's podcast, I think you'll really enjoy today's sponsor, my book, 10 Secrets of Awakening, The Secrets to Understanding Consciousness, Life Transformation, and Self-Realization. This is what keeps a podcast going. So to support the podcast, I highly recommend that you check out the book. A lot, a lot of the topics that we discuss in today's episode are also expanded in great detail in my book. So check it out, paperback or ebook on Amazon. The link is in the description. First off, I just want to say shout out to James. He's getting some pictures, dude. Just He's just fucking dropping some pictures in. I didn't even ask him. He offered. What a gentleman, by the way. So I've actually don't think I've ever had professional pictures done. Have you guys? No. We're, we're not, not getting, getting that. that. Come, no. No. Come on. It's got to be close. Hey, I saw the flash. I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> Should I should I give him a cheese? <laughs> you know, nah. But so I just want to say I'm glad that I conspire you, man. That's that's my goal is to kind of uh, not only just help people to understand the world, but how they can practically start to do what they really want to do. You know, because that's important. If you're just spending your whole life doing something you don't want to do, working for someone, working for the man, as they used to say in the 80s and 90s. If you're just doing that the whole time, then it sucks. You know, we were talking about you had a trying to find the balance. Right. Cause, cause, um, this whole experience, like, and thank you for the opportunity inviting me out here. Shout out to Kim. But the experience, like we talked about how all four of us were, we came out here for the science aspect of it. Cause we're very lost. Like we're, very deep thinkers and we I think we wanted to dive right into that right away as opposed to taking in the moment taking in the human experience having these organic human connections which is what we're supposed to do in life we're supposed to have organic human experiences and live in the moment and this experience here was a very grounding moment for me is a very aha like I saw that my life has an imbalance with work and the freedom. Like the when we did the seesaw, like I literally drew out and I saw that, okay, work is overbalancing everything in my life right now. And it needs to flip. Like there needs to be a balance where the work that I'm doing is what makes me happy. And it's allowing me to connect and perceive close, go towards closer towards the goal with waking up the collective consciousness. Not even just that, like, I thought that we were here for the science, 
and I didn't understand that the message in the science, but now I think I kind of understood it without really diving into the book just yet. And the message overall was to literally just go out there and be free. Like you see that Walter Russell lived his life to the fullest. Uh, he was in his what nineties and he's still doing these advanced, these advanced scientific concepts. But at the age of 30, like he, this man had a fourth grade education, but he lived his life. Like take away the science aspect of it. He lived his life to the fullest. And that's what we all need to do is live our life. Like I, I, I had that aha moment, like I'm not about to work till I'm 60 and then live my life because tomorrow's not promised. Today is the, when you look at the clock, the shortest hand on it, like the shortest hand and the fastest hand is the now. And that's how fast these moments go. Like, and we need to appreciate them. So I appreciate these human or these organic human connections that I'm experiencing with y'all right now. I haven't checked my phone. I haven't checked any social media. Like, this is what we all need to do. Even though it is your job, it is your job to be on social media, but at the same time, balance. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think, uh, I want to go back to what you were saying even bef before that, before I responded, because I, I thought there, there might be a question in there. If there is, let me know. If not, I just didn't want to, no, didn't want to move on. You know no, no, the, the question definitely was like, everyone has their aha pivotal moment where they're just like, like, for example, like you, you tell me to write a book, right? I have an abundance of knowledge. Like, and my question to counter your quest, like to you is, what did you like? How did you know to write the book? Like, what made you say, This is the book I'm gonna write? You had our abundance of knowledge, like we all do, you do, and you're working on your book. Like, I'm th this is a question for both of you, which is fine, actually. Yeah. This is Thank you're you. showing me some coming up, yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm inspired by both of you, mm -hmm. like, to be real, and I'm older than both of you, like, I'm 31, <laughs> and you matter. guys are yeah. younger than you're younger than me by 10 years. and you guys have accomplished a lot in just the time period you're here and you're making the most of it. And I have to say kudos to both of you. So as far as the book, not everyone's going to go out there and take the time to write a book. But as you can see, you can, I've noticed a trend with people who write their books really create their own path. So what was that moment where you just was like, this is the book. Okay. So I think it's a great question and I want to kind of nuance it a little bit more. Are you asking how did I come up with the idea to do a book instead of other things or the specific book? Because those are two different answers. You're like right. The You're ideas right. for the book or like just the concept of writing? The concept of writing a book, like mm -hmm. who inspired you for that first and foremost? Matt Nash, the yoga couple. Um, I, I th They'll be one of the podcasts I do because I'm going to go visit them in Hawaii um, they're gracious enough to, you know, I'm going out there to hang out. I've never met them in person, but I've known them for years and we're good friends. And they wrote their book, The Inner Work. And they were the first people that showed me that it's possible without a publisher. And it's not something that, like, when you think about writing a book, you think, oh, it's professional where you have all these agents and a book agent and all this, all this shit, honestly. And it's not even, it's not necessary. Uh, they basically, kind of forge the path of, oh, you can self-publish a book on Amazon and just write it, send it to an editor and, you know, get it formatted. It's super, it's not too difficult. And I thought to myself, well, 
what is going to be something that's fulfilling? And I've had a lot of uh, people that have inspired me, like Alan Watts has been a big inspiration in, in my work, and um, Joe Dispenza, Greg Braden, the Three Amigos, Bruce Lipton, and um, you know I could just go on with the the people and books that have inspired me. And I realized that how powerful a book can be. That it's like kind of this library of someone's life experience. You know, it can, it can be like a biography, but it can also be like, this is just when I think of things and how much you can learn from just one person's perspective. And I also realized something I told you, um, because I know at one point we talked on the phone and you were struggling with, you're continuing to research and yeah. it's like, when do you Even say it? Right, you're, you can't stop putting more yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I realized that the, who I am right now is enough. Like I didn't need to know more and that my perspective right now was valid enough and it is valid to help people at this point. Like I didn't have to become someone else because I already committed. And that if, because I always thought about writing a book, but then I was like, if I write a book two years from now, it might actually be not as helpful to someone who's might be struggling with what the things I am. Or, and so I was like, I want to document this version of me because I know that this version is helping people. And so the version is in the way that I perceive the world. And it, of course, it's not going to be all correct. Like, it's not going to be, I don't think anyone's batting 100. You know, that's just my perspective. Uh, so, unless you're saying nothing, like in Zen, right? <laughs> if, you're, if your way of self-realization is, there is no way. <laughs> okay. You know, that's one thing to think about. But, um, but yeah, I think it was just deciding, I'm enough now. I've researched enough. I, and what do I feel like, looking back, what is it? Two things, actually looking back and looking forward for a sec. Looking back, what is something that I really struggled with? And I studied the hero's journey and I looked at my life. And that's kind of how I structured the book. It was like, I looked at my life. I'm like, what was my hero's journey? And then I'm like, I went from, I began it with uh, the game. That first chapter in the book is the game. I mean, it's like, that was kind of my first thing, realizing that reality isn't what it seems. Now, it wasn't that life is a game or that it's a simulation that wasn't like the, the very first thing, but it was like this sense that things aren't, you know, what people say, the matrix. It's kind of seeing that there's a, a whole world that is very different than what we're told it is. And so I'm like, well, that's what I started with. And then I just continue with the hero's journey. I think Joseph Campbell's work with the hero's journey and here with a thousand faces was pivotal for me to understanding storytelling and um, weaving my story in with telling people, you know, what I think life's like and you know in the second book that i'm working on it's going to be a different style and i think that's beautiful to just pick a style you know how do i want to write this and um i got inspired by matt nash like we were doing this and i'm like oh yeah okay so all i gotta do is write it and i just went hard and i just went hard and wrote it and um for those that did the exit the matrix challenge that kind of became my framework because i do challenges um which are basically like live streamed courses I did one a while ago and I was like, this is 30 days of, it took me a long time to come up with that structure. I'm like, okay, so I got the hero's journey and I've got all this stuff that I just shared. Like it was the X of the matrix. So it was like, how do people do that? And, well, that's the book. It was kind of was like clear to me because she was talking to me at the same time. It was like, I was getting the message from her. Like, this is how we did it. And then I was getting the message from like the challenge. I'm like, oh, this is and it like kind of all came together. I'm like, that's the moment. You know, but if you're kind of starting a book from 
from scratch. You know, we might be wondering, where do I go or what do I do? You know, the question is, is what type of book do you want to write? The first question that I would ask to anyone. And the reason why I say that, to, to make that more practical, let's take a look at Graham Hancock. You know, he's wrote many books, but it's on ancient civilizations. Uh, you know, he, he dialed that in to like, this is what the topic is like. I'm going to help people understand this specific nuanced topic. Or do you want to do an overview? You know, just an overview of life. And I feel like that's more what my book was with linking consciousness, life transformation, self-realization. You know, your book might be more just like yeah, reality. Philosoph philosophy of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Would you say? Mine, uh, mine's more just the nature of reality, like as a whole, like, but from different perspectives, like we were talking about before, like if reality itself is like an elephant and we are just blind men around the elephant trying to touch the elephant from different points and we can only see parts of the elephant. Or not really see, but at least touch parts of the elephant. Yeah, sense. And every single different person or blind person is basically like a different field, like science or religion or mysticism. And they're just different ways of understanding the same object or the same reality. And the way to come closer to the truth is to see it through as many perspectives as you can. Through science, through religion, through mysticism, through like any way of knowing, like epistemology. And I think like every single one of them has a different way of coming to know reality and also a different answer on what reality actually is. Like what is the elephant and how do you actually come to know the elephant? Do you touch it? Can you, you smell it? it? Can you that's, know it? That's the thing, like an even bigger question because <laughs> if reality can only be understood from an infinite amount of perspectives, not one person is going to be able to understand it from an infinite amount of perspectives, at least simultaneously. I think only... A limited portion of it like if reality is like a puzzle we can at least gather parts of the puzzle and everyone can only tell you the part of the puzzle piece that they gathered or at least put together but i don't know if we're actually going to be able to ever actually put the whole puzzle together i mean philosophy and religion has been around for thousands and thousands of years we've been asking the, the same questions who are we where do we come from what is consciousness what is the nature of the world around us and how do we relate to it that's a question that has been around for like 4,000, 3,000 years ago. And we're still asking the same questions and just giving a little bit of, not even giving a little bit of different answers. We're still giving very similar answers. Like if you go back to like Hinduism and Vedanta, they basically said what I'm saying, idealism, that everything is consciousness. And like different religions also say like on this whole other tangent of being and that reality is just being itself in different forms, which is like a whole other topic. God. Yeah. Or God. Yeah. Just saying God. Yeah. Being well, I want God. to talk about that. Okay. Okay. Because this is a huge topic for us because when we talk like this and we're, we're sharing a philosophy in this way, it, it runs directly maybe against Western uh, ideology, religion. So does someone who sees God as a being who's Okay, so this, it's a very different thing because when you think of God, normally most people, I mean, not most people, but traditionally you may think of God as a being, something that exists, like an object or an entity, like we are something that exists, a being, you're a being, I'm a being, you're a being. Even chairs and tables, they're just beings in a sense that they're just an object or a thing that exists. But when you think of God, you think of something that is omnipresent, possibly omnipotent. And it's not limited by anything. It's literally everywhere, all at once. And it's something that's also the source 
of everything that exists, all of reality. The only thing personally that I would think fits in that category is just being itself, which is like a very, very abstract concept. It's not something that is, it's the very nature of what it means to be. It's that isness itself, like the very nature of existence and reality without anything. I normally think of it as, or at least different traditions and mystic philosophies have thought of it as like nothing because it's not an object. It's not a thought. It's not anything that is. It's the very nature of what it means to be or exist. It's just being itself, which is not an entity or an object. It's like when you remove everything from existence, what you're left with is the very nature of existence, which is just being, which you could say a lot of different religions with the argument with God is God is something that always existed that necessarily had to be like it could have it needed to exist for everything to come into being or exist and being if you take everything out of existence and being is only left that's something that necessarily has to exist because it is exist or like at least maybe one of its fundamental properties is existence and everything after that is like what we all experience as the world like things that are, I call them the infinite becomings of being because they're things that came into existence rather than being which always existed. It's like emergent outgrowths of that foundation. Yes, exactly. And it's like we're contingent things that didn't have to exist. And when you think about it, it's like an ocean, like it's normally thought about in the analogy of an ocean, even with consciousness too. Like in Vedanta, that's one of the main analogies. Okay, like so... So as it were, we're on the universe game right, yeah. right now. So I got to ask this question. I want to hear your answer to that one as well after this. Okay. So if reality, if we're in a game, the universe, that is a game and it's, and it's like a video game. Let's just hypothesize. I'm not saying this is the case, but I'm just curious as to how you would think about this. Just like Tron. You ever seen Tron? Yeah, but it. In okay. what way is it like way? I'm getting, I'm getting there, brother. <laughs> Just give me a second. Let's ask you. In Tron, there is the created game, and then he, the creator, actually is a person who goes into the game, and then could come out, and is not in the game, but he's still the creator, and that's what I kind of, kind of how I feel. Western uh, religion sees God It's like this creator who created everything that just. There, here's the universe. <laughs> and they throw it, you know, just and he kind of comes in. It's like, what's up? Get your shit together. You're going to hell, bitch. And it's like, it's like the magician, like with the bunny out of a hat. Right. Something from nothing, and it didn't come from an essence that already existed. Right. Like God. It just right. Poofed it out of nothing. Right. And so then, I, how do you see? How would you like us? How would you see that? How would you argue against that? I mean, I would argue against that with the very analogy of the magician, like you can't have something from like literally an essence that like from nothing, like a magic. It's like you pull a bunny out of a hat. That's not really something that I think happens. Like you need a foundation. Like you need a foundation. Like if you think of it, I don't, I used to really think of God as some sort of energy or like something, which you can still think of it as that. That's like one of the perspectives I think from being, that's one of the first manifestations of being like a form of energy. Or something that it can actually transform. Like a like, source. Of like energy. a source of energy or something like that. But it's like something that existed for like everything else to actually like pull their own existence from. Like like I would think of it as um 
like it's not really a creation when it's like a magician something it's created from nothing like a magic a magician just pulls a bunny out of a hat it's a transformation of something that already existed that transformed into something else so like one of the main principles at least in uh, the universe is the second law of thermodynamics that energy the same energy of the universe has always been been constant and it only transformed into different things like it's the same energy. But so it's been you're saying that a, a god or like a Tron, like his name isn't Tron. I don't remember what the name is in the movie. Of it. Do you remember? Out of top of your head. But the guy comes in and goes out. You're saying that with the second law of thermodynamics, he couldn't bring his energy into the universe and manifest as a being and then take it out. I'm, is that is yeah, that what I'm you're just saying? Like, I'm just curious. I'm just saying like in that idea, it's, mm-hmm. it seems like God created everything not from himself or not himself. I don't really as a pronoun, but it doesn't. I mean, for instance, yeah, that's how most people yeah, will say it. it. Yeah. But like in that idea, God created everything from literally nothing. Like we know, we normally think like it's not something that's a part of God. When it's like I think of it as something that it's literally a part of itself that it used to create everything. But if the Creator is infinite, then couldn't it take a part of itself without losing it? Yeah, that's like the whole thing. But yeah. I guess in the other way, like people think of it as it created from nothing. Like it didn't use a part of itself because it's separate from creation. It just like poofed a bunny and it, the bunny's over there, God is over here. Yeah. And it right. didn't, the bunny didn't come from the magician's atoms or the magician's energy. It just came from literally like magic out of nowhere, which normally people think like God created everything ex nihilo from nothing. But what if manifestation is like the, the way... The, the the ways in mind. If everything is mind, then yeah, agree with the mind. I kind of was thinking of that because <laughs> I'm just you know I'm just spitballing here. I'm not saying that that's I'm not saying that that's the view of the podcast. You know, I'm, I'm totally with it. Like and going back to your magician theory, like remember how we were seeing in the museum how it's an illusion. Like and it's almost like the chicken and the egg. What came first, chicken or the egg? Like we we have the, the I feel as if God source universe plays an illusion onto what our three D our human minds perceive as what is real and what is fake. So and I notice like when you take a step back, like for me, for example, like I grew up in a Christian household, so you're taught God is uh, the father, you don't live by this way, you're going to hell. And it's not until I took a step back from that, when we're going back to how the blind men and elephant theory, like I'm seeing how Eastern religion talks about the energy, like God being an energy that flows through all of us. And Western religion is more like, no, it's this omnipotent, be- omnipotent being that is overseeing everything and is controlling everything. And then it's just like, when you stay, take a step back, you have a non-biased opinion and you're not just narrowed in on just the, one picture you see the big picture of like energy it's not it can't be created nor destroyed it's only transferred so this is an essential just an essence of energy just constantly being transferred you and i are god we are all a form of a divine being that are humble messengers of the universe spreading this consciousness this energy that we all possess and and when and it's interesting when you try to tell people this like a lot of people the cognitive dissonance instantly shuts them off like you're not god 
I'm not God. He's there. And you're just like, no, bro, you're not, you're not hearing me. Like your the Bible literally says God is the kingdom of God is within you. And a lot of people don't really understand that one concept right there. Like it exists within us. And that's why I say when you only focus and you like are so conditioned and you are indoctrinated, you don't see the full picture. And I think you need those different perspectives. Like you said, like, even though like this Christianity does say it's separate, like you were saying with the elephant, I think there's still different things in like the Bible. Like you said, the kingdom of God is within you. different pockets of wisdom in every single perspective that exists, like whether it be Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, like all of them. And I think even in Christianity too, there is that this whole thing. I mean, it's not really Christianity because it's from Genesis, which is really from Torah, which is Jewish religion, one of the five books of the Torah, which in which uh, it says, or God basically in stating God, its own identity, it says, I am that I am, which is basically your own sense of I amness, which I related to like, when you are, you exist, you are. That's the verb for being. I am is the verb for being. And it's also the way in which we understand what consciousness is from a philosophical point of view. We say that consciousness is what it is like to be something. Like when you're conscious, you have an inner sense of you exist as an entity which has inner exist, inner being. And it's like you have an I amness within you when we say God is within all of us because it's that very same nature of reality as being which is also within us as inner being in which it's not only something that exists everywhere, but it's something that has inner existence within us to experience its own outer existence as self, but it's, it's our own sense of I am. Uh, Rene Descartes says that just this one thing, like he said, I think therefore I am. And that's like the one thing that you can't doubt, which I don't really think is the best way to say it because he's saying thinking comes before being. I think, therefore, I exist. I think it's really the first thing you can know that's like a knowledge that you can't really doubt is that you experience that, that you're conscious that you exist. I am, therefore, any. Look, bro, like, to be real, like, we have all this, we read so much, and I take everything with a grain of salt, and I think a lot of people lack that ability to, like, we have that gift to just actually say, you know what? I hear what you're saying, but I have my own, I formulate my own thoughts and I'm not going to go with it as absolute truth. We don't see things as absolute. Like we're, we're not just told, oh, this is what it is. Just go with it. We don't, we, that's what makes, I think that's what separates us, all of us. Like we have that ability to have that reasoning where we're just like, you know what? I don't know. Is the sky flat? Is this earth flat? Is there space? Like, I, I don't know. I've never been there. I don't have these answers. I'll know once I cross over and go to that great beyond. But like at the end of the day, this stuff is all man-made. Like, who's right and who's wrong? That's true, yeah. I think you can't know until you actually like, that's the whole thing. Like, what even is knowledge itself? Is it that's something what you know or like directly experience? I, and, like, I don't like the word no. Yeah. I think... I don't know about don't like, but it's just, it's tough for me when people say that they know. Uh, just because when we had that conversation in the car about 
I was telling you because we've been hearing the word no a lot and I'm like, wait a sec, because when I say, when you say no to me, maybe my definition is skewed. And if it is, let me know. But when you say no, you mean hundred percent, like with hundred percent certainty, like there is no, it will not or cannot be an illusion or wrong in any way. That's my, would you say that's accurate or no? That is accurate. But I always look at it like the man who knows everything knows nothing at all. Cause the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know. That was something Socrates said. He said, the only thing that I know is I know not. I was getting that. Yeah. I was getting there. Yeah, that's <laughs> you slammed up. <laughs> like, it stole my clothes. <laughs> Fuck. That's all right. Anyways, I feel like we were talking about how even if people think that they know something, you can actually, there's no way for you to be able to tell that that wasn't implanted. Like, for example, you could say that you know some people, like, they know that the past happened, but how do you know that you didn't just come into one of these bodies? You didn't come into your body today, this body, for the first time. Let me say that again. I don't want to get it confused, you know? what are, You could have just come into this body, the one that you're seeing through, sensing through right now, with all the memories of the past being implanted in the body already, or somehow you got those, and it could have not even been you. We, we can't even say that for sure. And I think when we have a lot of God, people that claim God realization, the problem can then be when um, they say that they know that it is this way, because what if that was all just implanted within them during a cosmic trip and that it's actually nothing like, even though they received the information, they saw it. What if they saw a different universe? You know what I'm saying? What if they saw 868 and were in like 1,625,000, you know what I'm saying? So... To come to the conclusion that everything works this way based on if it's a God realization or just a knowingness that we think we have, I think it's very difficult to actually say for sure. And that's why I was going to end it with. I think I realized that I actually know nothing. That's that's the only thing that I truly do know. Know what you're experiencing in this. Yeah, that's right. That, this, is ha- this is happening. And are you saying like maybe you just spawned it to university? that could be possible again it's not not that i know that it is but that you know it it, it might be a thing but right wasn't that roy you're talking about roy remember when yeah roy he was working in the library shop and he's like well you you beat cancer just to go back and work in a rug store like what and then he wake what he wakes up and we'll explain just, the concept but go back a little bit so people have never seen it Rick and Morty, there's this episode where Rick and Morty essentially go to this place and it's like an arcade of, in another dimension. And they're one of the video games is controlling this guy, Roy's life. And Roy, Morty goes and does Roy's life. And he pretty much is like, he just goes through the basic motions of life where he goes to high school. I don't think he goes to college. So I don't really remember. Just lives. He just lives, and it, he yeah. he finds his joy at a rug store, working at a rug store, and then he ha- has a family. Then he has cancer, and then he beats cancer, and he goes back to the rug store, and then he dies climbing a ladder, and then Going Rick backwards or something. Yeah, and then Rick makes fun of Morty, like, "Gosh, you 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 beat cancer just to go back to a rug store. Let me try. Let me give it a try." And then Rick goes in and. You hear the people in the background like, oh, wow, he, Roy, he's Rick's given, he doesn't have a social security number. Like he's making Roy live a completely fast track life and they're cheering him on. 
And you can, it's also cool. You notice how Rick is still lucid as he's like participating in this guy's life, but you see how real, like when you're so caught up in someone like this illusion, like you don't know what's real and what's fake. And who's to say that we all aren't in this illusion. Once we go, we're going to unplug and be like, all right, let's do it again. Or you, you want some more? You want to try someone else's life? Like, bro, that's what journey of souls, Dr. Michael Newton. For those that read him, that was one of the beginning books way back in the day that I started with. And that's basically what you're saying. You know, you leave, it says in Journey of Souls, you leave a percentage of your soul in the soul world or whatever they want to call it. And there was like 10, over 10,000 hypno regressions past, uh, they actually call it Life Before Lives, LBL, um, that they discovered that that's basically what it was, that we're all just putting a part of us, part of our awareness in. And I think that's a key fundamental concept that the universe even being a game. So when I say the universe is a game on the podcast, I'm, I mean that it's very likened to a video game, but I'm not claiming that there is a God outside or inside. And I think that's left for interpretation. Like the only real thing that, that I think is like, okay, how do we solidify this concept is that it could, it's like a video in, in a sense. Yeah. I like that. Cause you think of your senses, vision, sound, touch, they're like, inputs they're like video game controllers that you're navigating the story of your life mm -hmm. and if you just think about it that way then you realize how much power you really have over the outcome yeah like you're just so living press a so i do this let me press b and then you're a little removed from maybe the emotional like john was saying earlier today when something really bad is going on just kind of if you can devalue it maybe it doesn't hit you as hard yeah i said that shit last night Remember that? I was like, it's just the value that you put on thoughts versus uh, trying to get rid of thoughts. Because at one point that they were talking, I know I'm not trying to talk shit. I think it was a great, a great experience. But uh, at one point they said, you do, your thoughts create your reality or something like that. And it was like, you've just got to change your thoughts. And I'm like, you don't got to change your thoughts. You just have to choose which ones are, and you can make the semantic argument that it is changing. But to me, the more nuanced way to say it would be you're actually just choosing which thoughts you're valuing and which ones you're not. Because if you're, if a thought comes in that, you know, you're like, what's a negative thought right now? Let's just say I'm ugly. Let's just, that's a thought that I might have. Okay. And I know that that's not true consciously, but it's just like a series suggesting me, Hey, you're ugly. And it's just like, if I don't value it, then it's not going to bother me. So to me, it's more about choosing which thoughts you're actually going to commit to like, okay, if you see that you're, th I mean, this is uh, going back to Eastern philosophy. They see all, like they even go as far to say it. no thoughts are true, right? No conceptualizations are actually reality and reality is beyond symbols. And then if we're experiencing life just completely through the symbols of how our minds are interpreting it, it's not actually reality. We're just something way far outside of what is r real in a sense um, just like is Siri or these things, uh, if you have one of those going on in your mind, it, it's just that. It's just a suggestion versus it's facts. I was just going to you know? say, there's this is like a big question too. Like, do you guys think there's like a one thing that you can't doubt at all? Like, can you doubt that you're experiencing anything at all? That you are experiencing? Like, that's the whole thing about that you're unconscious. Like, can you doubt that you're experiencing reality and that you exist? Can I doubt it? Yeah, like- I can, yeah. And you can doubt it, but it's like, is it a certain knowledge? Like, I mean, in that sense, I guess you can doubt it, but it's like, in what way can you doubt it? I can abstractly think that that I, I can, but it's, it's a potential. 
But I guess you, know you still saying? are experiencing something. You're experiencing the doubt of it too. Like, can you doubt that you're experiencing? That's I'm, what I'm trying to say. There are a lot of people who are actually detached from reality because they get so caught up in certain concepts. Like, for example, me thinking we're in a matrix. Like, you can doubt that this is all real. Like, yeah, but I'm saying like if you can doubt that you're experiencing anything at all, whether it be an illusion or it's actually something real. Or you say that maybe your sense of being isn't even real. Can you doubt that that sense of being is Yeah, yeah. Like your inner sense of being. Is this something you can doubt? I think it is something that you can actually do, but I, I, I think the deeper question is, is that true? Is that, is that actually something that you can say for certain? Can you, yeah. Can you say that existence doesn't exist for sure is that really what you're deeper getting uh, at? i guess because I it's guess like so. i can I say know. i can say doubt it right now i can say fuck no yeah but that doesn't mean that it's true yeah that's true that's what i'm getting at yeah so i maybe, guess in that sense you can say like obviously i'm not experiencing anything even though you could be and you could say like i could, i guess the only thing you can say is like non-existence doesn't exist because the very definition of non-existence is for it to exist like it doesn't exist and the de very definition of non-existence it can't be because it is non-being. This starts to really show how uh, words are in yeah. tools or ineffective tools. Yeah, I guess that's very like semantic and like it is, but it's like, yeah, it's like turtle, but turtles all the way down type thing. Yeah. And more you like just loop over and over, you can't really find meaning in what you're saying. You know, if you, if you ask the question a lot of times, you just get in this space of just be instead yeah. of asking the question. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good tool in that way. But I don't know if you're going to find an answer. Dr. David Hawkins, my boy. I love Dr. Hawkins. He's just like uh, a complete, just a complete figure of a man who was someone who was able to reach a sense of fullness within this life and completeness and connectedness. And, you know, there's so many people that were like in his, like they actually physically were around him and they were like, they could feel what enlightenment or that whatever we call enlightenment that it is actually a thing that's attainable it's not just the present moment but there's actually a state that you can be in and we call we can call that enlightenment but again it's a symbol um, but all words are like that so we have to use something to at least understand each other right so that's what we're trying to do but dr hawkins reached that enlightened type state where like i said people would go into his presence and then be like yeah, like I had some, I knew someone, I was sitting around them, uh, they're, they're my friend, actually a neighbor, and um, they felt it in their heart. There was like this feeling of just complete love that is so far beyond anything that they've ever, so it was a real, I would say that it's real. I don't know if I agree with the statement that this isn't real, personally. I see it as being as real as if I was in a game. Like, you, I'm really playing the game. I'm really, it's there, he's fucking there. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like just saying that it's not real isn't accurate to me. Uh, and I just, I'm This is leading somewhere, by the way. Uh, so to me, to kind of bring that around, Dr. Hawkins, actually, that was one of the fundamental questions that he pondered as someone in a higher level of consciousness. Is there existence and non-existence? Is non-existence a thing? Like, is it actually a thing? Like, can can, can, can something not exist? And he said no. The, the, the answer that he gave was that no. That you can't. Everything, the existence as a concept. But a concept's not reality in a sense because it's just a symbol. Even it can't, You can't be experienced. You can't experience it. Just like if I say um, the word map, you can't actually experience that. You can abstractly with, a number, with another symbol then say 
but that's not actually the experience of being at the country. Do you know what I'm saying? So you can say that non-existence is a, a concept, but is it a reality? Could anything ever be there? And the, he said no. So that's just something that I thought of when you were talking about non-existence and existence. Can, can, because I, I would agree that you can't not exist. Um, now, the, the next question is, is you know, like we, we're, we're contemplating this week Walter Russell's work. What is stillness? What is formlessness? Because they called it stillness. They said God is stillness, right? At, at least I think that's the true aspect of God. And, um, and then we have the Tao, which is the formless. So how does that play into non-existence? That's just something I've been, I've been contemplating. Yes. Yeah, and like you said, like words are just pointing to something, but that doesn't really necessarily mean that it is that thing. I think of in one movie with Bruce Lee, like he tried to point to the moon to show a kid and he like looked at the finger or something like the words are just vehicles for meaning, but they're not necessarily the thing. So. Shit. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to wrap my brain. Yeah. Cause that's what I was saying too, but I'm just like, in con I'm contemplating as we're talking, you know, I'm already just like, how the fuck do I host the rest of the podcast? I'm like, dude, I'm just really interested in, in coming to these conclusions. And, and, I, and then I'm realizing there is no conclusion. Can we ever say for certain? Everything's you know? up for debate. We can say that like existing and not existing is the, like the void space in between the music. Like what, what was the, was it Beethoven that said that where they were like, where do you get this creativity from? And they were like, it's the space in between the notes. Like what if that's the, in, that's the balance with everything like that space that doesn't exist like that's the nothingness that exists between the existing yeah it may and i could be wrong in dr hawkins work it's been many years since i looked at it but i thought that was one of the questions he pondered and and this actually brings us to a good question in general since we're already on this topic we might as well continue the concept of duality and the concept of non-duality is there one, is there not two, you know, these questions that we might think about a lot, because I think this is the center, it can kind of become the center of a philosophy uh, in general. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest questions that anyone who contemplates, you don't have to be a philosopher, you don't have to take a, get a degree to do that, but anyone who contemplates what is the, what the hell is happening is eventually going to run up to the question, is it just one thing? Is it not two things? What What is all this? Because it really seems like this, this pillow is real separate of me, even though you aren't using it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so then it becomes, how do you both look at duality? How do you see it? How do you, what do you think the role of duality is? And then bringing that to, do you see it as non-dual, one? I'm Roy, man, I gotta take a second to interrupt the podcast here and just tell you, hey, don't forget that we got the conference coming up. All three of us are gonna be live in Sedona. If you wanna get some tickets for the in-person por portion or if you wanna get the tickets for the non-in-person or the virtual, check out the waitlist. Get on the waitlist, my friend. Link's in the description. And we're gonna be live. We're gonna be q and and stuff. It's gonna be one of the greatest things I've ever done in my life. Go check it out. <laughs> like... My, for my thoughts, for example, my, I look at them as I don't look at everything as this is what it is. Like, and I don't just, I think it's the consciousness in between that, where you look at how this thought, like I'm aware that I'm aware, but my 
human self is not aware of this awareness. And it's like, once you merge that awareness and you're aware that you're aware, that's when you start to distinguish between those voids as we were talking about earlier. So therefore I am this and therefore like, oh, I don't know, but I'm coming, I can come to that conclusion, you know, like I'm, when, what am I trying to say? Like, it's hard to abstract. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it it really is. Like, yeah. like, cause you know, we're used to our pictures and we just like <laughs> have our, our thoughts kind of just gathered there, but like duality, like I, I just look at it like we have an idea, we have a concept and then we're told certain things and throughout our lifetime we're told like, oh, that sky's blue. Like that sky, this, this is this color. Now, do I just take it and go absolute? Like, well, there's a bunch of forms of blue. Like there's, or if you spoke a different language. Exactly. So do I experience blue the same way you experience? Exactly. Or do I spell gray the same as what you? Colorblind. Yeah. Some people are colorblind or, but I mean, is, is blue this very different for me? Yeah. You know, like I was thinking about this thing with, you know how folk, depending on the focal length of the camera, you look very different. Yeah, and that in your camera, I'm probably going to look very different because I'm 16 millimeter here. I don't know what yours is. Yeah, so I thought, well, well, that must be true that different people's eyes had different focal lengths. Maybe. So it probably looked different to different people, which would explain why you look at something like, what do you see at them? And it's like, oh, well, maybe they literally see them differently. Yeah. So there's no way to know how you perceive things. And that brings up the question of body dysmorphia. I know this is going off topic, but... If someone is struggling with body dysmorphia, what is what is that again? Basically, like, when you see yourself as fat in the mirror, but you're not. Oh, a lot of women yeah. struggle with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe, do you think it's possible that they're actually seeing fat? Or do you think it's like a delusion, like an actual delusion? Like, like maybe because they're subconsciously so programmed to see it. And I've had that happen to me before where somebody will, I'll be like, damn, because I've always had weight issues for a long time so i've been very vocal about that on the podcast i lost 125 pounds and just you know that whole process it makes me think like am i actually seeing what other people are seeing so let me let me, let me ask you the question again though yeah. like during that time for like when you did lose the weight right mm -hmm. what were you seeing then in the mirror mm, fat dude you still mm -hmm. saw a fat dude like even though you lost like Cause they say like, look at the scale. Yeah. Look at this. What does the scale say? Right? Like they say, don't look at what the scale says. Look at how you feel. How are you? I guess the better question was, how were you feeling? Like when you were still feeling like a fat dude, even though the scale said you lost 125 pounds. Oh, you're saying at the end. Yeah. Not in the middle. Because I think the, the answer would be different in the middle. Because if you're in the middle, you're still like, fuck. But we still like, got 50 pounds but to like, go. But like towards the end, like you have a lot of, like you have a lot of people out there like, yeah, yeah. they reached their goal weight or so to say, but some people still didn't happen. see this. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. I don't think I ever reached my goal weight. I got close. I remember I was in my bodybuilding days. I'm like, let's go, dude. We were almost there, but I never really felt like I, I got down to the body percentage that I wanted to. And I'm still not, but so that's why unless, I mean, unless I think there's some people that may be getting like full jacked and yoked. But I'd never want to take steroids, and I was very, uh, you know, as someone who studied the fitness industry, it's just full of steroids. You know, people in UFC, Nate Diaz, everyone's on steroids. So it's like, it's kind of cultured, like, 
in some sense, a lot of dudes do that. And I, I have it. Um, it's, I've, I never, I found it hard to get down to that very edge, but now I'm committed. You know, now I feel I'm good with it now. I've, I've done that inner work and I feel like sometimes it still gets me. Um, but I just am lessening that time. You know, it's that consistency of the devaluing those thoughts that come up. Right. You know, cause it's like, all right, like you could tell a boxer, right? Like, oh, you can't fight. Like, and he's the greatest box. You're telling Floyd Mayweather, like, you can't fight. He's going to take that thought and just be like, yeah, whatever. I, I've got so many titles to prove that I can fight. I don't have mm-hmm. to, like, prove to you anything that I can't fight. Like, I know me. I know my worth. I know what I'm capable of. So your opinion means nothing. However, it's different if that's someone else giving you your opinion, but it's different if yourself is giving you these thoughts, these opinions of yourself. Yeah. Because then you can't counteract that thought where it's just like, if I were to come up to him and be like, dude, you're fat. Like, then if you know, if you look good, like Deion Sanders says, if you look good, you feel good. You feel good, you play good. You play good, they pay good, right? So if you have this self-confidence within you, like, and then someone comes up to you and says, yeah, you're fat. You're going to be like, yeah, I don't care. Whatever. I know. I, I look good. So where am I at on that scale then? Yeah, where are you on that? On that, I'm like... That I'm not like I actually had this came up in the group I was in today. I was talking about this and because we did a timeline of our life and we were talking about how we might like what was an important event and I was talking about that this same concept. Like I'm to the point where I know that I'm not fat. I'm not fat. I'm 15 pounds heavier than I like to be, but that doesn't mean that this version of me isn't acceptable and that I don't love myself now. I think there's a difference when you start to say. Like, fat people can love themselves. That's a thing. You know what I'm saying? Some people don't even give a fuck. Like, my, um, one of my favorite comedians, he's fucking massive. I can't remember his name. He was just on uh, JRE recently. Yeah, Stavros. Yeah, I love that guy. And he doesn't really give a shit, you know? It was. No, it was. I. That's the name. Yeah. Yeah, he's hilarious. And so... I don't even think it's like a bad thing to be that. It's just, I want to reach my potential and I know that I can. And so I think for me now at this point in my life, it's like, if I'm just doing the work, I don't have to be doing the work all the time, but more than I'm not, you know? And I think that's important for me. It's like, I don't have to be perfect now. Like we've been, I'm going to use, I have some popcorn beforehand. Shit. You know, it's all good. Yeah. It's like, I don't have to be like on hundred percent. Some people like that, but I don't find that that's a good balance for me. A, a balance for me is like, if I'm, I think I've, I've always loved the saying, if I'm better, if I'm 1% better today in a hundred days, it'll be a hundred percent better. And so I'm not striving for perfection because I think it's unreachable, but rather to give it all I got and to understand that sometimes you just got to enjoy life too, <laughs> which is another thing because I enjoyed life too much recently. And then I got a trainer and I've been going twice a week and really getting back into it. And I, I'm falling in love with taking care of my body again. And that's all that matters. Cause like, honestly, I came across a dude and and this is all tying into what we were talking about er- earlier with how others might perceive them. Yeah. I'm going to get some water. Like there was this dude, there was this dude who works with me. He still works with me and he's at least 300 plus pounds, but he gets really attractive women. And I just was like, how, 
I was like, what is it? He's not rich because he's still in the same job as me. But like, what does what it factor does he have? And then when I really start to put things together, like if you really start to perceive yourself a certain way, like maybe the world starts perceiving you that way as well. Like it's the energy that you are putting out there that's gravitating a certain crowd or an audience to you. So and then you get into the whole female gaze versus male gaze like there's a sensitivity like I remember when I was body like when I was I was 20 pounds heavier I thought that like oh I'm gonna get jacked just so the girls can like me you know but I was getting more complimented by guys like I wasn't getting any comp like girls that were there but it was more so like the guys were like I see you bro I see you I see what you're doing and I'm like dang but I, I feel like I got more women when I was not focused on my self-image when I was just living my life happy. I was just doing me on my goal, on my grind, on a different aspect. I was thinking that about that when Nick was talking about like the last 10 or 15 pounds. And a lot of those people who have super low body fat percentage or are on steroids, they're some of the most body dysmorphic people out there, right? They see themselves as small and they want a giant, like these massive bodybuilders. And like, yeah, and like that last 10 or 15 pounds that you want to lose to get to 10% body fat, I mean, that's like, now you can't go have a beer because you're not going to, yeah, 10 to be death. Like you can't enjoy things. So if you're not ever at that perfect body fat percentage, well, that means you're fucking having a good life. If you're enjoying yourself, you're going to dinner, man. You know, I mean, we're going to have some dinner after this. And I might get something nice. I feel like we went super out of our way this whole trip to be real conscious about what we were eating. We went to Whole Foods as, as soon as we got off the airport, me and you, we went to Whole Foods and got food that was like actual real food. And I remember you saying like, man, it feels so good to have real food, you know? Yeah, it did. Like, honestly, like, I just feel like as humans, we give in to like the movie Soul, for example. You notice how when they were in that that soul realm where she's eating the pizza and he's like up here you can't feel it because it's just like our bodies are the true ones that feel the joys of eating pizza feel the joys of giving into the food but at the end of the day once she gets to earth she realizes oh my gosh pizza's amazing and that's what we're all getting what i we're getting back to earlier live your life like enjoy yeah but i think that there is that but then you can derive too much pleasure and then you like me you start to get pleasure from food to the point where that's like your favorite thing to do but that's where balance comes right that's what i'm getting that's yeah that's where i'm going it's like a a big thing that i would tell anyone that's struggling with weight and body fat and feeling like you have too much it would be really the message what i said last night i mean that's what i how i really truly think which is you know really take a look at am i living to eat or am i eating to live what am I really doing? And I feel like I've really been just eating because I love the taste of the sense pleasure. So it's also like learning the discipline of like, I can have some of it, not like a whole pound or, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever it might be, like the whole bag of, I didn't eat the whole bag of popcorn, you know? It's just like, you can still enjoy it, but also like, understanding how the body works and like it doesn't need that much you know and you 
I think that actually comes from a deeper issue for me was I wasn't like fulfilled. I wasn't actually happy. Like I wasn't in a space of love for, in a, in a way that was tangible enough for myself, for me to not want to, um, for me to not want to eat too much, basically. Is there some kind of catalyst where you were like, fuck it, this is enough. I'm going to. Yeah. I looked in the mirror. <laughs> I think one day that, that happened. That happened the first time. And it was the first time when I was 315 pounds. I remember I moved to Indiana and I started working in an Amish restaurant as a dishwasher. It was my second job. My first job was McDonald's. And I just remember looking in the mirror at my aunt's house and just saying to myself, holy shit. I, I, I know that so many people who have weighed a lot will relate to this. You don't even realize that you're that big. And then one moment you look in the mirror and you're just like, shit this is where i'm at and it's like you don't think you have huge love handles but they're there and it's just like you come to terms with like it and then you know from the levels of consciousness you experience shame and guilt and then you're moving into apathy hopelessness i think everyone well not everyone but this is my experience i move into hopelessness and it like the way that dr hawkins describes the levels is exactly how i experienced it it was like that i'm hopeless then i'm in grief of all the time that i law that i'm gonna lose or that I, that I lost in the past because it's just like, I'm realizing how, how all this stuff that I've held in and, and, um, the, I never felt the loss of my parents getting divorced. Like, that's what I mean by all this stuff I lost in the past is like, I never really came to terms with like my parents hate each other. Like, and it was really tough and I never let myself feel that. And I was just angry about it. And I, I never sat down and was like, fuck man, it's okay. And I, I did that and I'm just like, well, I can't take it out of my body and find pleasure from this. Like, I can't let the way that they treat each other affect the way that I live and the way that I eat and the way, everything that I do. And so then I just, I just said, fuck it. I just, this is it, man. I, I can't live like this anymore. And then I took that journey and then it came back again because we talked about earlier. Remember we talked about last night where I'm, I'm meant to ask you, like, when it comes to uh, the stuff that gives us pleasure, for example, like I remember at one time I struggled with social media, like just constantly being on social media and I was getting that dopamine release from constantly seeing, oh, you got 10,000 new followers, you got this many new likes. And it was just like, oh, I feel it validated that feed me that validation, you know, and that, that, that adrenaline, that, that addiction, and then how you can not get that validation and you feel sad and you're just like yo this is a down so then we talked about the aspect of like leave like now i leave my phone upstairs and i get more validation from not checking my phone did you get validation at one point from not eating like where you didn't where you didn't have reward yourself right now yeah. like right now it's your validation like this trip like did that do it i mean it's just it was actually, it's just cliche, but at the beginning of the year, <laughs> day one at January 1st, I was just like, even though there were so many people in the spiritual community, they're like, it's not actually the start of the year. We are actually the Catholic church and you know, just doing that. And I'm just like, but we can still use this right. as a catalyst. It might be a permission slip, but fuck it. It can work. You know, it's like, this is another year. And yeah, we counted this way and we, we might be off. You know, I don't know if you guys heard about that, the October, November, December thing. Uh, and there might be truth to it, but it's like, I really sat down at the start of the year and said, this is it. This is my year. Like for real, for real. 
And then I put in the work. I called my girlfriend Dysfunctional Patterns and uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. Like, sign me up. I want to start working with someone. And I've been going in person, doing the functional patterns, and it's changed my life. And I started to fall in love with not eating gluten, with like in grains, because functional patterns is really against grains because it inflames your body and a lot of inflammation stops you from being able to pull your, like basically to contract your abdomen. And when you can't contract your abdomen, what happens is, is that you can't stabilize your body correctly. So then it'll put everything out of whack. So that's why they're against grains. But I started to see, and no, I'm not perfect. And I had rice and, you know, it's, it is what it is. It was a good dinner last night. I was going to say, it was fire. <laughs> it was pretty good. Well, yeah, you just yeah. Like... yeah. I mean, like I'm good with it, but you know, I think for me, I'm finding a balance. You know, she's a way stricter and I, than I am on that. I'm, I understand I'm on like a vacation in a sense, like I'm traveling. Cause I see, I love traveling. So I see it as a vacation whenever I'm traveling. So I kind of finding that balance like i still found gratification that we went and bought the food and we cooked put in the effort like me putting in the effort to cook the food myself there's a sense of gratification i get from that and not in yeah you're, you're really a healthier relationship with food as opposed to just consuming mindlessly like you know we talk about what's of pay at the all same thing you're just kind of mindlessly consuming you have the desire to put something in your mouth or it yeah but then when you cook a meal or you go and you source the ingredients is a different relationship you have yeah and i kind of had fun just me and you just like picking out shit we were just in whole foods like what the hell are we gonna eat and we're just like talking to the guy at the counter and, and i think and it's you like called me hard to yeah then i facetimed too. you yeah and i had the worst sinus infection ever i'm still recovering from it but yeah yeah it's getting better yeah i feel like since we've been here it has. slowly yeah what were you gonna say bro? i was gonna say like working hard to get there actually like gives you that too that sense of accomplishment like when you unconsciously eat, it's just in front of you and you're just like doing it. And it doesn't take anything to just pick up the bag of chips and put it in your mouth. But actually like cooking the food, taking the time to go get the ingredients to do all this stuff is the same as like accomplishing a big run or something like that. It takes a lot of work, which is why it feels like very accomplishing, like very satisfying, you know? And you know from working out, eating is the biggest the most important aspect of it like yeah like i'd say like working out is a small percentage but the harder part when it comes to working out is the eating and sleeping like we can never get all three right we we're, we're slacking in one and it's like once you have all three in sync and balanced out that's when you start seeing results that's when everything starts to flow because me personally it was like i'm either working out really hard or i'm sacrificing sleep but like already eating sacrifices here because it's like it's expensive to eat healthy. Let's be real. Like to eat healthy in this country, it is expensive. Like and you see it played out in movies where it seems like I feel like the rich are the ones who survive the longest. Like you look at Hunger Games, rich don't send their kids to like get slaughtered in the Hunger Games or the movie In Time who lived the longest. The rich, that's literally what goes on now. Like all your unhealthy restaurants, all this junk, these toxins are in your bad neighborhoods your low income neighborhoods while meanwhile like your whole foods are in the higher income neighborhoods the foods that keep you a lot living long and prospering like it's expensive to live and that's 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 wild but you should give yourself a pat on the back for what you accomplished this week and cooking all of it it was fire and i appreciated it yeah bro i mean 
you you gave us a good suggestion. I was going to buy regular rice, and today was the first time I had frozen rice. Well, not today. And you thought it was good? It was good, man. It was. Yeah. I always cook does. frozen rice. I think it's it takes way too long to just like boil it or whatever else you do. Yeah. I always just cook frozen. Yeah. I didn't even know it existed. No. Oh. In the pan, so it's just like. Oh, yeah. I never thought when you were cooking it because I use a rice cooker. But you just threw it in the pan. I was like, you see, I, I yeah. got to get one of those then. Yeah. We did burn it a little bit. <laughs> Some rice cookers on night. Yeah. We did burn it. The first yeah. one, first night was worse. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, that was crazy. You just throw four tablespoons in and you get a whole package. And yeah, that, I mean, I learned a little bit on that. I, you know, being fat at some point, though, helped me to understand how to cook. Because you start to, you know, want to make good stuff, too. But even you know, trying to get healthy, it's just a different aspect of cooking. It's like you want to learn how to cook good and then also what's good for your body, too. What would you yeah. say helped you the most? Like, was it something internally? Like a so sort I, of mud. For losing weight in general? Losing weight in general, yeah. What helped me the most, man? Absolutes. Let's see. Uh, the thing that probably helped me the most was there's always been this, I don't know if you any of you guys experienced, but there's always this, there's this, it sounds, it's going to sound so cheesy, but there's this small kind of essence or beingness within me that is like all, and it's like peaceful. And it is like, I almost feel like it's like this sense of greatness or genius that everyone has. It's not saying that I have more than anyone because I don't. I think every human has that sense of genius within them. And me just like, you kind of get emotional thinking about it. But in those moments where I was 325, 315, 280 pounds, I knew that it was there. Like I could reach my, the point is I could reach my potential. And the more that I listened to that, that to that basically you could think of it as a genius or you could think of it as just literally a potential. Like I could actually do this if I tried. Like I for real actually did it. You know, like the tree and the seed or something like the potential is already latent within you to be who I actually want to become. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's why I got emotional earlier because it's just like, I know the potential when I wrote that letter and I said, it's going to come at the right time because I've already laid the groundwork and whatnot. You wrote a letter to yourself. I wrote a letter to myself of where I'm going to be in such and such time. And Kim's going to send it back to me and I'm going to smile and not be as emotional because... I will be done. I literally said that at the end of the letter, I will be done. But I, I do have to ask you though, like when you, did you have a girlfriend when you were, when you were putting on this weight? I have been very relationship minimalist for my entire life. <laughs> you like that? I just made that shit up on the spot, by the way. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't been in Jesse, my girlfriend. We've been together for two and a half years now. And before that, I really haven't been in relationships. I've been too into games. You know, I was playing games for most of my life. I was not a party or I never went out. And I was so big that I didn't have the confidence as well to, to actually go talk to women. And so I didn't. And when I lost that weight, it was me. Yeah. I mean, I didn't until two and a half years ago. And that was when I lost all the weight, that was in. 24 i started began in 2014 and it was probably till like 2016. yeah when you looked in the mirror and you had that holy shit moment before that did you avoid mirrors we just don't look at them <laughs> you don't look in them yeah you know like 
You don't pay attention. Yeah, you don't really like when you're when you go to the bathroom, wash your hands. You don't look at man. You just look down. You know, big. Yeah, big re- big regret is that I didn't have a, a camera on you, bro. Shit. Oh, you got. Oh, you do. Oh shit. So let's go. I'm so happy. That right. Yeah. I am so happy about that. Yeah. Oh my god, what a legend, dude. Okay, great. And you get the audio's on, right? Thank God. Okay. Shout out, man. That's that's fantastic. I mean, he can't prepare. He yeah. can't prepare to number. Up so The route back is in the picture of himself, man. I want to have him in the video where we can see like him asking the question because I love what you're saying, man. So yeah, I mean, I just when that came about, I was just I wasn't into philosophy. I didn't really study the nature of reality. You know, it's 2014. It's a long time ago. I I didn't really under, begin to understand this stuff until. 2017 2018 was when i started to have you know that that kind of pivotal moment you know and i want to talk about mine that i actually want to hear about all of yours like what is the the beginning like what kind of started it so you want to if you want to get that ruminating in your head oh for you want to go for it sure yeah no for me honestly what started my journey was being in the fire department which i'm transitioning from but it was being able to like Growing up in a Christian household and then seeing, like, talking to a near-death experience, this woman, I never forget her. She had a near-death experience where she came back and I'm cleaning off the stretcher and I'm just like, like, she's just staring in a blank stare, just, like, rocking. And I had to pick up something in the room that she was in. Like, she was, we just her back. She's young, has a healthy heart. They had her in the room and I was just like, so, uh, what did you see? Kind of in like a joking, condescending manner. Cause like, you know, you have your judgments that we talked about earlier where I'm like, what she did to get herself to that point, you kind of look down on those people. So I'm like, what did you see? And she was just like, I'm mad. I feel everything. I feel all the pain and the emotion that I had in my body. I feel everything that I wanted to escape from. Now that you guys brought me back, I feel everything that is wrong. When I was gone, I felt pure bliss. I felt euphoria. I felt nothing but like a blissful, it, you can't describe the feeling until, until you actually are there. And it is no drug or anything can get you to the point of what I felt. I felt a oneness with the universe. And I felt like I lived infinite, like time did not exist. I was blown away from that answer. And then I talked to someone else who kind of described the same thing. And they described it as a dreamlike state where they were in the best feeling, like they had the best time of their life with their dad. They were hunting. It was like a dream they were reliving over and over. And that's when I started saying, seeing like things come up, like Joe Rogan talks about like DM, like DMT and whatnot, where you or your body produces a massive amount when you're born and when you die. And then when you dream, you produce a little amount. And I'm like, well, I have my own dream experiences that I will talk about in other videos or whatnot, but I know how powerful a dream can be and where the journey that your mind takes you. So it got me like really looking into the concept of like what happens like when we die. And I've had a past life regression where I seen, and that's when I came across Journey of Souls. I came across Dolores Cannon, and 
after my past life regression, I really dove deep into that. And it was just a downhill spiral from there. Well, not a downhill, an uphill spiral where I've always been one to question like, well, why does the Bible say this? And why does this religion say that? Like, why doesn't the Bible- Divine authority, you're questioning that? Yes, I'm just, I'm questioning everything that like the pastor would talk about. I'm like, yo, why, well, why, who was here before Adam and Eve? Like simple questions as a kid and my mom just, or my grandma's, you don't question the preacher. I'm just like, but who, who was here? Like, did say, what, like, who did they mate with? They made it with their sisters, their brothers, and they created the, it was just a lot of questions that just didn't make sense to me at a young age. And I've always been a curious person. And I think that's what sparked my, con my content, like, and not to get too conspiracy, but like 9-11, for example, I was telling this in a group. I was like, as a firefighter, I'm very familiar with building construction, construction and collapse of a burning building. And I was just like, as a kid, I was just, I, I don't understand why did World Trade Center 7 fall? Like I'm asking my mom, that didn't get hit. And why did a plane cause the building? To, like I, I did, it never made sense to me. And then as I get older and learn, I'm like, ah, I'm not gonna get too much into conspiracy portion of 9-11. I'm just saying like, I've always been a curious mind and I never just accepted what I was given. I continued to question and that's what led me to my content. And this spiritual journey, it's still continuing. I'm still learning. I'm still very new in this journey and I'm learning as I go and I'm learning from you all. So like you, for example, like what started yours? Well, real quick, before you start, I just want to say uh, the, the, the Universe Game podcast is not claiming that it is or it isn't anything. It, it might be, it might not. We know nothing. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> we know nothing, for sure. So go ahead. I think it was just, it was pretty recently for me, like when I was about, I think 20 or maybe now, it was three years ago, like during COVID, I just had a lot of free time and you're there, you don't know what to do. You can, the only thing you can like, you have different options to explore things. I started going on TikTok. I started seeing different things. And then next thing I know, I see this TikTok video pop up about like astral projection. And it's like, you can actually leave your body and experience this whole other, supposedly the world and like go to the stars or like go wherever you want, floating, flying. And you can do that right now. And then and it supposedly and said like the CIA also did it. Like, I wanna fucking do that. So then I started like trying to meditate and trying to like, at least like try to get it to those states. I still haven't asked for projected, sadly. At least in this uh at my age right now. But then I started like asking my mom about that stuff. And she like started telling me stories about like you told me you left your body when you were like a baby, like a four years old. You said, you, you asked me like, where do you go out at night when you leave your body through your belly button? Which is like, sometimes I think they say like the astral uh, line, like the cord, the line of life is connected through your belly button. And you can like see your astral form to your physical body connected. Like bun, I'm still not sure. I can obviously, I could have been like a baby just imagining things, but she said that I did that stuff and like went to like Egypt or something like that. And then like that got me like thinking like all this stuff, you, all this stuff could be like true. I still have yet to experience it. So I still can't say from direct experience. Have you taken this body to Egypt yet? 
have not not even in phys- in physical form that's what yet. i'm saying yeah that's what i'm saying i i well, really want to go to egypt though i know we should that should be a trip we all try to make yeah because i'm i'm drawn to it like i feel yeah. i mean as you can see like i'm yeah. like egypt you robert grant invited me to go to egypt this year but robert grant connected with the russell or somehow i mean i'm not gonna claim anything here this is what they told me at the mu- at the museum that's what they told me i'm not saying i didn't hear robert say this himself but apparently the story goes that he came here as a speaker or he came there because we're close to it. we're not there right now uh we're there maybe but went there as a speaker and he told them that he thought he was walter russell reincarnated that's what he that's what i heard i don't know like i'm not saying that is facts you should ask him i don't know i he may that correct ask him I mean, he told me to go there he told me to go there though before he even decided this i asked him i'm like should i do this and he's like yeah yeah it's cool because he had he's like oh i went there yeah well actually he wasn't there but to go to Waynesboro, yeah i mean we did go to the swan so technically he was there right um but let me get back to 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 my my story i don't know if i've talked about this uh, so one of the biggest things I would say was, I talked about this with you guys a little bit, but I had an experience where I was actually with, I didn't have a girlfriend at that moment. Okay. This is in Phoenix. I, uh, this, when I moved to Phoenix, I was like probably 20. Yeah. Uh, 2021. And it was nothing serious. I don't know if we were, go- we, we were hanging out. Right. And, um, we were going to the movies and I remember I was just. I just shut the door on the car and I was walking up the movie theater and I can feel it before I'm even talking about it, which is wild. But I began to feel this sensation right here and I had no idea what it was. And then everything started to get just crispy. Like everything looked like it was in 26,000 HD, you know, it was just like the detail of everything and everything looked like etheric but detailed i don't know if you guys have experienced anything like that before but it was just like this kind of but it wasn't anything after that it wasn't anything like an illuminary moment or anything like that but it was just my ability to sense reality change and that really kind of opened me up to what the heck just happened you know and i started to kind of do some searching trying to figure that out and then i didn't really like accept the call i kind of did that on the side it's like during my free time and it wasn't that important but then as i just continued on it just got to the point where that's what i really wanted to talk about and just do and it's like this is really interesting the nature of reality and what maybe how our body works maybe there is a pineal gland and what does it do and have the d to the m to the t in there you know and how does that work is there actually crystals in there and it just by the way for the record about crystals i just want to say this at one point I saw a recent podcast about with like a guy who was like saying this uh, astrologer who turned to Christianity because um, of how evil the astrology was. And and at the beginning of the podcast, the guy says like she was into weird things like crystals. And I'm like, your fucking phone has a crystal in it, buddy. Your laptop's got a crystal in it, and it looks like we have piezoelectric crystals. Somewhere in here, there's research to show. 
So what the hell are we talking about? We use crystals for electricity. We use it for not just electricity, but to process. There's, it's ridiculous to me that people think that crystals are evil. And even the study of the stars, how do you turn that evil? The only reason why to me, well, there might be more, but this is my reasoning. People who try to demonize things like astrology. Now, I'm not even really into astro. I don't really talk about astrology. I don't think I've ever had astrologists on the podcast. About it a little so you do, but yeah. yeah. So I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying like like I'm a hype expert or something. I don't really give that many shits. But it's just like they start to justify narcissism and personality traits as to the system is bad. Like the person is just becoming narcissistic and they're becoming depressed and anxious and they're not doing anything about it. They're not personally developing but they're just studying a system and hoping the system will save them. And that's what we've seen throughout history with religions too. So if, of course, if you try to make something a religion when it's just like, hey, this is what how you might work because of the stars, really? I mean, you're more into astrology. So, I mean- Just people like, fear what they don't know, you know? Like, I, astrology is very vague. Like, not vague, it's very broad. Like, it's so much, like, I can't just- narrow it down there's so many there's astrology that tells you why you incarnated there's astrology that tells you your typical how your life's going to plan out it's so much that you probably can have podcasts on podcasts just on astrology alone but i think that people fear what they don't know especially when it comes to crystals like you got crystals in your phone like you mentioned it's reading your mind like it's tapping into that like you think that our phones are reading our mind like those crystals are connected you know so i don't you know yeah, why do people think, why do you think people demonize things? Like, like astrology? That? Or more crystals or these things that are like, oh, this is new age. And they start to do that shit. Why do you think that happens? I'm just curious. I can't tell. Like, like I just said earlier, like people just fear, they don't, they haven't took the time to look into it. Like they don't, haven't took the time to be like, like do a birth chart to on actually themselves. actually understand. Yeah. Like if they, like if. Like kind of people who in Christianity will then demonize Hinduism, but they've known nothing about it. Right. I think it's because it goes against their belief system. Yeah. It's just, it's a competition too. Like they want to like say, oh, anything that's not Christianity is of the devil. And then that puts like crystals, other religions, anything that's not based on the doctrines, the absolute truths of what the priest and like religion in Christianity says is something that they're going to not fuck with just because they're really indoctrinized into that absolute truth of what they think it is. And what would you say to those people? Just, I, I don't even know if you can, like, can you even convince someone that's like that? I'm not, I'm not asking you to convince. I'm just curious. I'm just right on the spot. What would you say to someone who's like really, I guess in that situation is just like, the only thing you can say is like, I understand where you're coming from. And all I want to do is just have a mutual sense of understanding. Like, I want to understand why you think that's the absolute truth. And I want you to understand why you, I think this is not of the devil. Like, I have just some sort of mutual understanding where instead of just completely denying it, that's what they mostly do. It's just they say, no, 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 I'm not even going to look into this because I already know it's of the devil or like some shit like that. They don't even try to understand it or look into it before even like, wanting to talk to you about it so i i would try to at least get some sort of understanding yeah before i simply would just challenge them to look into other sources like look into other sources besides one book because there's more that predates it like look into that that's 
if you can't do that, then it's no point to debate them. I don't waste my time in comments to even debate people who just say, just read the Bible. Like, I read it. That's what my grandma or made me do, you know? Just confess to Jesus. You're... Yeah, it's just like, okay. I know, I'm not trying to make fun of it, but that's actually what people comment on my shit. Like, oh. that's not even like, or, I mean, it kind of... Right, right, right. It's either... I do not claim this negative in what you know what you're gonna say. Sources, trust me, bro. Yeah. yeah. Just read the Bible. Just confess your sins to Jesus. Or this is fucking pseudoscience. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Like just I can give you sources to read if you like. And if you read those then we can then come back to me and then we can have an enlightening conversation. Like I just I just challenge everybody, just change like try to change like i know it's hard like because you're so indoctrinated and the cognitive dissonance doesn't allow you to break away from there's nothing the wrong with those nothing. people no it's just like that's just where they're at and that's fine and i think there's going to be a lot of people that we need to be able to talk to so it's not a bad thing we're not trying to insult people either you know and i think it's important to just understand that like hey we're all in this together like I, I pulled some stuff from the Bible, like where you you did, yeah. Like I, I tried to quote the same sources to show that we are all describing the same thing. Like the Bible says this, like and people are like, oh, and it's so crazy. They're they're willing to like throw the pseudoscience stuff out there, but then they're willing to believe that oh, we live under a dome and we live in a firmament. And like I said, I'm not here to debate, confirm, nor deny that because I truthfully don't know. I can't say we live there's we're on a giant rock floating in this space. I can't say we're under a firmament, but I'm not going to debate nobody. I'm up for suggestions. I'm up for listening to people's thoughts, but that's in the Bible. Like it does say that he got shit. created the firmament. And I think it's also hard for us because, you know, as someone, all three of us are trying to break into the longer form content game. Like right now, I think that's something that we've all talked about. It's like, let's get into a little bit longer form than like a minute content and, and do things a little bit like more, maybe it's polished or just different, right? And as people, all three of us, especially, and you've brought, you've made your own content as well, right? And you might know how hard it can be to like fit sources and everything you want to say into 60 seconds. And if you don't fucking prove that that shit is 100% facts, right? People come after you. And, yeah. And that's where we were getting in with the sources. Like when yeah, we incorporate sources yeah. where everyone, everyone wants to nitpick. Well, he wasn't a greatest scholar. He did this. He did that. So many people were salt. Uh, we did a podcast uh, like six months ago. So many people were salt being like, the guy who said the plants are conscious. No, nobody can fucking do that again. It's just fucking, yeah. There were prob there were so many people. And it's just like, relax. Not everyone intro, not everyone, because this is the problem too. Everyone thinks, well, not everyone. I, I don't like to talk in absolute, so I'm not going. Uh, a very intentional wording here is a lot of people that are on social media think that every video is trying to convince them and they're they're always like on high alert. And if it doesn't go with, what, with how they think right now, it's fucking bullshit. And it's like, maybe we could just be like, hmm, could be. Right. And if it is BS, okay. And I'm sure I've probably talked about some stuff that probably ended up being BS. And on the journey to figure out what the hell is going on in this reality, I think that's okay. You know, and for us to admit that maybe we're, we were wrong. And I have admitted before when 
I find evidence contrary and I've made videos. So I've been very open. So I think it's also okay to just say in science in general, I think science has a problem with that sometimes is admitting, hey, this, this theory might not be it or this this experiment and just kind of like restructuring back to we might have to take it back. We could just say it's just all for fun too. Like that's what I kind of think of it as like, I'm we're just looking yeah, at doing stuff stuff. and exploring ideas. We're not saying like, this is the truth about reality. It's like, this is a theory I liked. Maybe you might like it too. Or this is an idea I like. Maybe you don't like it. It doesn't matter. It's, we're just having fun with it. Exploring. That, that's kind of the approach I go with my content now where I'm just having fun and leaving it up for interpretation and up for debate. Like I don't believe in, I don't believe in everything that I say. Like, to be real, like, I I just go with the flow of what I think is interesting, and I just put it out there for people to debate. That's it. And then we need to talk about belief. <laughs> because that's another word. We talked about knowing, but I think now the question is, is what is belief? What's the difference between belief and knowing? You know, because then can we, we can believe things, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're true, even in is outright. You know, and I think... It's even become, as I don't know about you guys, but it, it's become harder to actually believe in certain things besides like the fundamental principles of reality. Like, do I, because people ask me all the time, do you believe that? It's like, I'm, I think that it could be like that. And I think that it's more likely that, than not, but I'm almost like, I'm almost like kind of starting to be more intentional when I say I believe and prove in these words that, might not be actually accurate because you know wording is really important you know in the way that you express yourself but we don't want a word salad either so i'm just trying to find that balance you know i think resonating could be like a if you like an idea you could say i resonate more with this idea but i don't necessarily believe it's that bad because i think some of us we resonate with like the law of one or something like that and we see like maybe more truth in it than other things, but that doesn't necessarily mean we think it's the absolute truth. And like, like that's actually how reality People need to is. understand that, yeah, yeah, in general. And I think a lot of people that are listening to this podcast understand that or else they wouldn't be with me, you know? Yeah, we're not trying to say that it is 100%. Especially, on, I've, we've talked a lot about channeled work <laughs> since we've been here. We've had a lot of conversations between the three of us. It's like, we're trying to stay away from that. But as, as like a, fundamental viewpoint and that's why we were like uh, the law of one is really interesting as a philosophy but you really lose a lot of people when you start talking about channeled stuff but i mean there are a lot of people do believe it but if you're trying to reach like a whole audience like that is kind of a complete version of humanity thinking you might have to like bring it outside of channel and i think channel work can be helpful for concepts like law of one was helpful for octaves we we actually have about that the uh, the octave and densities in law of one is very much useful to understanding how things work but at the same time let's look in other areas too and let's see i think all three of us are kind of the, that type of creator to not really dial really deep into one philosophy but rather how can we look at all of them the elephant right that's what you said I mean, the, the elephant is a perfect example, right? It kind of nips in everything right then and there. Let's, we're all explaining the same thing. Like, who's to say, like, the octave is not us moving on, like what science and quantum theory would describe us as moving on to a different universe or whatnot. Like, there are 
where like I told you guys my experience where I felt like I died in a fire and I haven't been the same. And so I feel like I need to go with this journey because I feel like there's a part of me in a different universe that is dead, that died. And I'm feeling the connection because you know how we can connect with different molecules way across the universe. Quantum like, entanglement. Correct. So it's just like, I feel like I'm feeling the impact of that because it was an intense moment where I'm like, yo, one of somewhere like in Rick and Morty to loop back to that, like there was the episode where he like told the dude Jaguar, he was like, hey, do I have a daughter in another universe? And Rick was like, nope, just me. No, because he didn't want to explain to him like, yeah, your daughter exists in this universe and she's alive. But, you know, I'm just don't want you to follow me and, you know, always be with me trying to find her. But yeah, we have infinite. I'm not saying this is that loot, but who's to say like this? infinite universe theory does not exist like we have could be possibly having the same podcast where i'm sitting there you're sitting here you're sitting here and we're having doing the same thing but just in a different order or who knows something else could have happened or i got that tat yeah exactly saved on the side fuck the long hair i'm balling <laughs> i man i mean i don't know if i'd ever go bald head i uh, i don't know i like the hair There's something about there i always felt more connected the ball yeah i, I don't unless they have to i don't think i can pull off the ball look but i do feel you feel connected with your hair like yeah, i think I you notice sure. all of us have long hair yeah and i feel like there's you look at all these quote-unquote spiritual content creators or whatnot like or just people who just feel like i just feel like your hair helps you like it helps you connect I'd say these are my antennas like these that's what the uh, i thought that's what a lot of indigenous cultures believe i thought there were some and I'll, if this is not facts, I want Grant, my boy, my editor, put not facts on the screen <laughs> or put a, or just like add yourself voicing in. This is not facts. But I, from my understanding, there was just some stories about the uh, indigenous cultures getting recruited for war, the oh, certain wars. Yeah, you're talking about the Native American tracking experiment where they, because they would shave the head of the, the uh, Native Americans who were while recruited and they saw that they recruited them for their tracking capabilities and then once they found that like oh there's some ass like they're not able to track anything what the heck is going on but then they were saying you cut our hair you cut our connection to the ether so once they they so they said you know what or they did a blind experiment where they allowed one to keep his hair and one not to keep his hair and the one who hair was cut he was caught immediately while the one who was who was able to keep his hair, he was able to evade all his captors and for the entire night of the experiment. And that's when they changed the standard. Like, you know what? Maybe there might be some truth to that. It's wild because what if that's just um, like he, by shaving his head, you just fucked up his whole identity and it was kind of a placebo thing. Like it wasn't really that, but because he thought that was it, he lost the ability to do it before he still had it. Uh, that's what like, the SIBO stuff blows my mind as it still works sometimes like the, the things with sugar pills like it still works so it was effective so therefore what I don't know you know you took that story for me and I just want to say you took it over thank you 
Oh, we're... because you knew it way better. <laughs> I was about to scuff the fuck out of that story because that's why I prefaced it. This could not be facts. No, I did. I did a video on that, and it, my old account got deleted. But that was one of my things where people asked me like about my hair. Like I feel connected to my hair. Like these are my antennas. I feel like I've received the most downloads since I've had hair. And then people make the counter argument. Well, what about bald people who are spiritually advanced? I'm, yeah, like the Buddhist monks and whatnot. Like they're still they're incredibly enlightened. I'm not a monk. I just know that what works for me and what how I feel connected. I feel connected with my hair. Like I cried because I thought in a dream my hair was cut, and I woke up and I was depressed. Like and I was oh wait I still have my hair. Like I like it was it was it was traumatic. Like the thought the thought of losing my hair my identity now and i had covid and i actually did lose my hair i had a huge bald spot that actually grew back and i developed al alopecia and that right there was a like self-conscious moment because i always had to wear my hair in buns or or you guys noticed when i first came in i'm always wearing hats because i was so used to that i had to wear hats for like since covid like for two years to, since that for that hair to grow back but it started off as like a dime and then grew to the size of a silver dollar where I lost so much hair and I was just like oh gosh that's my identity that I'm losing you know and and then I found when I stopped thinking about the hair loss it grew back also rosemary oil like that really helps with hair thinning and hair loss for anybody who's interested like that's what helped me this is my first time having long hair I've never had long hair until suits you until like yeah. uh I guess I started growing it how, eight months ago, something like that. I always had short hair. I had a big beard too, and then I was like, "Well, that's got to go." I don't know. I like the big beard. If I could grow, if I could grow it in better here, that bit might be like right here, right now. I swear, I love it. But I think it looks weird when it's just this part, the super long. So I like that. I like this length for how my hair grows. But that reminded me of in the Bible, isn't there? Uh, Samson, like yeah, Delilah cut his hair and he lost his strength. Like that's what a perfect story for this Native American tracking experiment where, yeah, she literally like cut his, he, he told her, well, I mean, women can be the downfall to you sometimes, but he told her like, my strength is in my hair. You cut it, I lose all my strength. And he lost everything once you cut it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I absolutely love women. I just want to say women are the best. Absolutely love. Um, just because you know, I think it. Right, yeah. that's what I'm saying, bro. We gotta we gotta dot our eyes, cross our T's, because you know someone's gonna be like, "You fucking hate women now, don't you, bitch?" I don't what the women. fuck are you saying. doing, you fucking bastard? I'm just saying. <laughs> gonna, we, we could clip that out. No, but I'm just saying. Like sometimes, <laughs> I'm like, just fucking with you. Like, you but it's it's so ironic that I have to do that. You're right. because, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got you can't please everybody because everybody. you can't even say women can be. Like motherfuckers, like, what's that Leonardo DiCaprio meme? Where he's like, wait, 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 wait. Yep, that, there he goes. There he goes. <laughs> oh, I hate watch content. Like they hate watch. Like they're scrolling. Like what's this? Waiting for their downfall, bro. That's why you got their comedy in there, and that's why I just gotta fucking call you out because it's just we gotta look at the irony of it. Because it's like you gotta beat them to the punch. That's what I'm saying. Why the fuck did you do that? <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. Obviously, you, you, you are with your the love of your life. 
that you've told us about. Yeah. She's incredible, you know? She so, is. I don't think that would be the case if no, you were uh, hating, you know? So, so I'll probably hear something for her from her. She's like, whoa, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you mean she, she's going to be watching this podcast with a fine tooth comb waiting for me to slip. <laughs> but she's the one who's going to hate watching. Like, I was waiting for you to slip up. What did you say about me? Luckily, it's two hours in, so maybe she'll listen to this DM. Tell two now, Dad. That's so funny, dude. How deep are we into this, though? We're 150. Yeah, like almost two hours. I never considered that, though. Like, obviously, I knew the story about Samson, but I didn't ever really consider it, like, growing more powerful through growing your hair out. I do feel different than I felt eight months ago. Yeah, for real. I know we're we're running low on water. We didn't buy enough water for the second time because we want to drink the good water, so... Do you guys want to take a break and we can come back later? We can take a little break. We can yeah. take a break, come back later. We can even go out to eat and then we can just come back. Yes. If we don't come back, we'll come back at some point and just like wrap up if we're done. But maybe if we want to go more, we'll go more. Yeah. We'll just kind of lay it by ear. But either way, yeah. I'm satisfied with what we talked about yeah. today. As long as you press record. Yeah. <laughs> Would you look at that? We've reached the end of part one of this podcast series. We've got the second two and a half hours with Marco, Bruno, and James. That's going to be another podcast because obviously we're too much to put in one. But if you want to know when that's going to come out, hit the follow button because you'll get the notification if you're on listening platforms. And if you want the notification when that comes out on YouTube, consider hitting the subscribe button and sticking around for many more episodes where we dive into the nature of reality and try to understand what the heck is going on here. And until the next episode, peace.